Attention, please. You're listening to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. TalkZone.com. Let's return to Crime Time Live on TalkZone.com. Once again, here's your host, Attorney Scott Weinberg. Welcome back to uh, Crime Time Live. I'm your host, Attorney Scott Weinberg, here to protect all your rights and talk about all the crime that's going around, whether it's celebrity crime or, as it turns out here, uh, government official crime around this country. I can tell you, though, that it just doesn't stop there. Did you read about, this is unbelievable, did you read about the U.S. Senate nominee, Alvin Green? Did you read about this? This guy, okay, he's a surprise winner of the South Carolina Democratic primary, which is amazing in itself. The guy, they don't even know where he came up with the ten grand or so even to get in to the primary. He just showed up. So they're going to probably find some hanky-panky that was going on down there in South Carolina. But even besides that, so he gets in the primary. No one's really ever even heard of him. They never heard of this guy. And all of a sudden, he wins the South Carolina Democratic primary. Now, is that important? No. Not for this show. This is a, this is a crime show. This talks about crime and how to protect yourself or the interesting crimes that happen across the country. But, so he's the Democratic nominee and now he's indicted on one felony count of disseminating, procuring, and promoting obscenity, according to the Richland County clerk. So he's indicted on a misdemeanor count of basically communicating obscene messages without consent. So now he's the Democratic nominee for the U.S. Senate, and he's already charged with a crime. They didn't even wait. He didn't even wait to get to be elected, which there's no way he's going to beat the incumbent anyway. But no way that he is going to beat uh, Republican Senator Jim DeMint. But he's already now charged with a crime, he has still no power, and we're not going to be able to probably get him out of the election. So Democrats in South Carolina are most likely going to be going to the polls They have to choose to vote for someone who indicted of, it's not a sex crime, but it can be listed as that if it's an obscene material. I quite think I don't know what it is in South Carolina. In Michigan you can actually get charged with a crime that can be disseminating sexually explicit material and have to register as a sex offender. I mean, as crazy as that sounds, it can be where simply you went to a website, downloaded illegal material, and be charged with that sexual type of crime where you have to register. Now, should we get him out of there? Should South Carolina prevent him from running because he's charged with a crime? I don't know what evidence they have on him. You know, it's like you go back to Blago. Is there really any evidence to show that he peddled it? Oh, it shows that he tried, that he was going to, that he wanted to, but didn't show that he did, and he definitely didn't get any money from it. So he wasn't in, Blago wasn't convicted, and they basically kicked him out. Here we got a guy who is accused of, personally what I think is even worse, disseminating sexually explicit material if it's true of how they did it, of how he did it, but should he prevented from being able to run as the as the Democratic challenger. We got Omar here. Omar, what do you think? Do you think that well, these government officials should be prevented from even 
people running for government jobs if they're accused of a crime, even before they're convicted? I don't think so. I, I think that the uh, if you're accused of a crime, I mean, anybody can throw an accusation out there without without a guilty verdict. With the rush to judgment, uh, I'm not sure. We've seen this backfire a couple of times lately, and, and I don't like it. Especially with a government official. I mean, we always yeah. assume they are accused of something, they did it, and they haven't even been through a court of law. And that's really what bugs me about it. But I kind of like that guy as a protest vote, maybe. But uh, Dement, I don't really like Dement that much. I, it seems to me he's taking some shots at, you know, unemployed people and, you know, hurting people. and You know, but that's South Carolina uh, politics, so I mean, but it's sometimes, out there. You know, sometimes you can get the better of the evil. You know what I mean? You can get somebody, you don't like all of his politics, but you don't yeah. want what's waiting in the wings. And that isn't that really how we elect people so much? We I just pick the lesser two evils. Ask you, sir. Yeah. About uh, Monica Conyers, I'm wondering. I mean, if the system isn't corrupt, why isn't she in jail yet? Or, I mean, it just seems that she's been skating for a very long time here, and she's guilty. Well, I mean, listen. You can have. It goes back to what we were talking about before. You can have people that are uh, influential that mm-hmm. can try to stay above being indicted or convicted, and then you can get people that are convicted of things that still can keep positive spin about them. Hey, right. there are people that still are Kwame Kilpatrick supporters. Yeah, I mean, when, I mean, they he raised lots of money, yeah. at least for a while, after he was even convicted. I mean, yeah. there, there are people that, you know, will support anybody even if he's convicted, because they like either their politics or they they like what they're about. I mean, look at Marion Barry. Right, look at Marion Barry out in uh, D.C. He was he was caught red-handed, and he still yeah. then came back and ran and won. Yeah. That, he that's was unbelievable. And I don't know if this gentleman knows the name, and I don't remember the name of this. Uh, I think it was Clayton or Claymore. That was caught with ninety thousand dollars in his freezer, in and New nothing's Orleans. ever happened. Pardon? Yeah, that was in New Orleans. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Now look at that right. guy. He got caught with it in his freezer. Now yeah. that is now that is cold hard cash, man. They caught him with cold hard cash. And my answer to it is, you don't know what the political spin behind anybody's either charge, conviction, and then after the convicted of why they're not put away. You never know what's going on in the background. What you do, what you can find out is whether or not they come back into the public media. For instance, like a Marion Barry. I mean, you can see, okay, now they're ousted. They are uh, pushed out for legitimate or illegitimate reasons. And everybody's got their private life. You don't know what's going on in people's private life unless you have CNN or the paparazzi going and taking pictures and and meandering around their garbage. But that's not most people. Most people, once they fall out of that public scene, stay out of the public scene. And when they come back in, when they're running for something like Marion Barry, when you got someone like um, Charlie Sheen, who might be convicted of domestic violence, if he left, never did any more movies... Even years ago, no one be talking about them. No, I mean they come back into the scene. Same thing with with um, 
uh, Lindsay Lohan. I mean, she comes back into the scene. When you come back in, that's when we most of the time start talking to media again. But we are a forgetful public. We, we forget and we forgive. That is true. But we definitely forget. They don't come back into the scene. We don't talk to them again. I mean, you can even say that with Michael Jackson. You know, one of the, the biggest pop star of our generation. Two generations. The biggest pop star got accused of sexually molesting a child. I mean, who, people were totally against him. They were jumping on the bag wagon that he was a child molester, that he was shouldn't be in public, that he nobody should buy his records. I mean, that was in the early 90s. Now, there were definitely supporters of him, too. And that went away. Well, you talk about buying justice there. Now, that wasn't paying off the prosecutor. That was just paying off the complainant. That was saying, here's a lot of money, goodbye. I mean, let's face it, that guy was convicted, he would have gone away. But that went away. And what did he do? Did a tour again. Came out with music again. We forgave him. We forget. Well, maybe not me. But most people forgave and forget. I mean, that's what that's what they do in this country. They forgive and forget. So, you know, whether or not Monica Conyers, whether or not Pelago, whether or not any of these people come back in to the scene, I think depends on whether or not we're going to talk about them in the future. This just might be a blip on the public scene while it's going on now. If you want to join this conversation, you call 248-848-1130. That's 248-848-1130. I want to get to our our usual time of stupid crimes. You know, this it just always amazed me. How, how ridiculous people can be. Toilet paper trail leads to a cop in the vandal. Linda Brainer pictured. This, you should see this picture I'm looking at on CNN. It's unbelievable. Police say the walls were covered at a yoga studio. Crude graffiti. There's nothing wrong with that. And a window was broken and piles of garbage had been thrown all over the place. And there was a glue-like substance found on the doors. And of course, they followed the trail of the paper, of the toilet paper all the way out to the corner store. And there she was, it's stuck to her pants. I mean, how stupid can you be? At least throw the toilet paper away. I mean, at least get rid of the evidence. <laughs> I just can't believe it. Dave, what do you got to say here on Crime Time Live? Um, look, man, I'm not a lawyer or anything, but you hit everything on the head that I wanted to say. These people are getting away with basically murder. These politicians, you got like Vitter, like you got John Henson, the guy that had the money in the refrigerator. These guys will come back like they never did anything wrong. And I was just wanted to ask, get your opinion on something. Yeah. You remember when the actor Isaiah Washington said something about he was hating against gay people? See how quickly they got rid of him? You haven't heard anything about him. But Charlie Sheen was in a room on dope, yeah. beating up his girlfriend with an illegal firearm. And he comes back on TV and, and, and at the Oscars, yeah. You know, like, well, like you know, he it's didn't, he didn't do anything. Well, I just want to get your opinion. Well, do you think that's racial? You think it's because he's Charles Sheen's white? You think you know, that's well, what? I'm not. I'm not even saying that, but I'm just saying what. What do you think the difference is between this guy, um, going the Iron Man guy, made the Iron Man movies? He was Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Downey was in a room getting high, beating up this woman with an illegal firearm, and they welcome him back. 
like he didn't do anything wrong. And I just wanted to know what you thought about that. I'll take my ass off there. Thank you, man. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, I mean, here's the point about any kind of, um, any type of publicity you get when you are charged with a crime. You can get the guy in the paper you never heard of, and he, he's accused of um, a robbery, let's say. So it's a, it's a, it's being publicized because they, it's an interesting local crime. But no one ever heard of the guy, and you forget about him the next day. You can get uh, someone like Charlie Sheen or Robert Downey Jr. or any famous person for whatever they're famous for, acting, politics, Elliot Spitzer, whatever it is, and they commit some kind of misdemeanor, some thing that is a minor crime, and nobody will let it go. It'll be there until it's out of the headlines, and then if they if they go away, they're not famous anymore. They go out of the scene like we talked about. You end up forgetting about it. But when they come back in, I think that's when people remember it more. In terms of the PC of it, you talk about someone who's yelling or talking against gays, against homosexuality, they're going to be, because it's so PC not to talk about it and not to go against it, those people are probably going to be quashed. They're going to, their, their opinions and their words are going to be less publicized. Unless they're really famous, then people are going to jam them. You know, if it's not PC, you can say Mel Gibson about what he says about Jews. You know, they can claim, whether it's true or not, that he is anti-Semitic, but it's in the paper because he's famous. He's a nobody you'll never hear about. If he was uh, charged with a crime, you probably hear about it. If he was making a politically correct statement, for instance, doesn't like what BP's doing, thinks the BP's committing a crime, be all over the paper. It, it probably wouldn't even be in the paper because it's because it, it's PC. It's it's the issue of when are things reported? Are they reported more because they're PC or are they reported more because they're not politically correct? If you want to join the conversation, it's 248-848-1130. I personally think that, and I've represented people over 20 years that have had notoriety that are charged with crimes, and as an attorney... You want to minimize their exposure. You don't want to put it all over the news unless you got a positive spin. Let me tell you, the worst thing they had about Blago is the guy wouldn't shut up. He just wouldn't shut up. He goes on his TV series. He's got his wife on a TV series. You can't shut this guy up. I'll be interested when they interview this jury, when they come back with all the counts, two of the counts, hung jury, they are going to interview some of this jury. It's too famous of a case not to interview. And I'll be interested to see what they say about their influence of Blago's other comments that he made out of court. Because you're not supposed to take that into account. But believe you me, it influences them. And whether or not any of them would admit that they felt he really talked his way in to a conviction. You want to join the conversation, call us here at 1310. It's 248-848-1130 or online nationally on TalkZone.com, 1-800-7100-LAW. That's 1-800-7100-LAW. You know, I, we represent lots of people that are charged with 
uh, OWIs. And in Michigan, it's called, basically, it's drunk driving, but operating while intoxicated. But sometimes you just get, you just get a case you read about that you got to bring up. In New York, a teenage girl averted a tragedy. Now, you got to listen to this. Averted a tragedy by calling 911 from inside the car. So she's inside the car being driven by her mother. It's being driven all over the road, wildly weaving in and out, and she ended up getting charged, obviously, with drunk driving. So her her teenage girl, scared, frightened, my mom's drunk, I'm in the car, and while the mom's too drunk to pull over, the daughter is calling the police, and they pull her over. Now, I've seen a lot of different things. I'm not sure if I've seen that before, where your passenger, not only is your passenger, but your child and a teenager is calling you in. That is that is a unique situation. According to investigators, she was behind the wheel of her vehicle, and the 13-year-old daughter and her 10-year-old son is in there, too. Let me tell you what you got to do when you get in a drunk driving accident, when you get in a drunk driving situation. You can hire the lawyer. We are happy to represent you. You can call our office. We'll recommend, if you're in an area that you want your uh, local attorney, we will recommend a good lawyer. But this is the way you got to come away with the drunk driving. You got to come away with, if there was no accident and no one was killed, you have to count your lucky stars. Because I've represented people, and you read all the time, even in this case, where people are their first time drunk driving, first time, never had any type of charge before, never committed a crime, they're charged with drunk driving, and they get in an accident and someone's killed. Charged with either operating on influence causing death, second degree murder, ruins not only their life, obviously, but their families, the family, the person that was killed. When you get in any kind of drunk driving accident, you are, if you walk away, if the other person walks away, you are so lucky. But if you're charged with drunk driving, you have to, you have to thank, you have to be thankful for what there is thanks about that you didn't kill anybody, that we're just dealing with a 90-day misdemeanor. We can handle that for you. Call us at 1-800-7100-LAW. We will take care of that with you. We will walk you through it. But the mindset has got to be, thank God, that's all we're talking about. I was just dealing with that the other day. It was a gentleman. It was was no other offenses, never been charged before. And he had such a good attitude about it. We protected him. We, We protected his license. We kept his license. We protected him from going to jail. And his attitude was, Scott, thank God that's all we're talking about. Thank God I didn't kill anybody. Thank God I didn't kill myself. Thank God my family is still intact. So we protected it. We made sure that he lived on so that he can do the rest of his life. But he was thankful for the right things. And that's where you got to go away with these kind of things. But to have your own daughter calling you, I'm telling you, that that is an amazing situation to be able to have you protected by your own kid in the car. You want to comment on that, call us at 248-848-1130. 248-848-1130. i got to talk about that insurance fraud case. Oh, did you read about that? That's This is a New York Attorney General. This is what's going on. Insurance firms defrauded 
by the military families of millions. Yes, I mean, that I is, about that. It is unbelievable. Yeah. The New York Attorney General, Andrew Cuomo, is launching a fraud investigation into life insurance industry for practices that appear to have been denied grieving family, uh, military families and other millions in life insurance cash. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and it's still going on. I can't believe that our sons and daughters, brothers and cousins, our family members are risking their lives on whether it's on a war, whether it's on an incursion that they agree with or not. You can agree or not agree with Afghanistan or Iraq or going anywhere. But when they go and they put on that uniform to represent our country, they are putting themselves in harm's way for us. That's right. Absolutely. I mean, for us. We should say thank you. And we should say thank you and take care of them in in any way possible. And to think that we got companies that are trying to basically screw them over. Man, I tell you, there's nothing that gets gets me hotter than that. Well, these people should be prosecuted. Boy, that's really what they do. They should have the attorney general come out and not just investigate, but they should potentially bring charges. Absolutely. But who is it? The, The executives, the insurance company? That's who we should get? You get anybody who can take advantage of men and women that have families that go over there to protect us. You don't have to agree with it, but they should be somebody that you thank, that you get down on your hands and knees and say, thank you for protecting my right to freedom. But you don't go after them and try and take away the little that they have. They don't make anything to begin with when they go over there. You know, I have so many clients that have come out of the military. And they don't have jobs. They they get in trouble here because they get involved with things because they have no work. They they have um, some psychological injuries from leaving the the uh, being a veteran. They're not taken care of the way they should. No. We don't employ them. And then then to take away the family benefits that they have, it is it is a crime. Now, what about the Reed Hospital where these uh, these uh, veterans were coming back and they were not being taken care of without their limbs, their hands, their feet. And they were living with rats and in filthy, yeah. dirty hospitals. And nothing was done about it. Well, I can tell you that we do not take care of the military uh, enough, in, uh, the vets in this country. It's one thing that, I, I mean, I, if I could change one major, industry, one major uh, unit of government, I would make the Veterans Administration much more um, uh, user-friendly, much more much more. I guess much more caring, much more powerful in terms of taking care. Not powerful, I guess, in terms of um, their use of funds, because you know there's so much, so much graft, so much waste of spending by our government. What I'm trying to say is, I want our vets to be taken care of. We need an administration, whether it was Bush, whether it's Obama, or whoever it's going to be in the future. We need an administration that puts a huge focus on taking care of our vets. I just don't take care of them. I had read that Michelle Obama was going to be doing this, that this was going to be one of her priorities, is taking care of the families and the veterans when they come back. So far, I have not seen anything in the papers about it. I think people should actually write their congressmen and say this is something that has to be done. You want to join the conversation, you call 248-848-1130. That's 248-848-1130. But, you know, you really have to focus on when these when these people leave the military when they come back out into our public domain it is sort of like coming out of prison 
they, they're supposed to be trained, the military, but they come out, they don't have jobs. No one's, no one's breaking, no one's open up doors for them. How come our employers don't have policies where if you served in the military, you get a leg up? Hey, that's an affir- affirmative action program I can support. Let me tell you. Yes. To be able to make jobs available for them. That would be a great program instead of having to have them just flounder and waste. You know, we're going to look into that next week. Here we always talk about people's rights. And what that's a good idea. we got to get more rights to our veterans that serve in our military, that help us out in this in this great country of ours. Oh, we'll take away their we'll take away their benefits, but we won't give them a job. I don't think so. I think we gotta I think we gotta change that, that's for sure. Next week what we're gonna do is we're gonna go back and talk about the thing that I think is is just prolific in this country. We're gonna talk about gun rights. Because there are more applications for for CCWs now that have ever been in this country. You want to protect your rights? You better go fight for them. You want to go learn about your rights? You better listen to the show here on uh, on on 1310 AM Progressive Talk or all over this country on TalkZone.com. You go to my website, Weinberg on the Law. You listen to all our past shows. You can get your rights. You can get your life protected. Don't let the government take a hold of you. Don't let people tell you what to do that you don't have to do. You protect yourself. You call me 1-800-7100-LAW. I'll tell you how you protect yourself. I'll tell you what you got to do. I'm Scott Weinberg. You call me anytime. Primetime Live.